0: Arsenal Football Club, the Pride of London, the heartbeat of the city and the capital's most successful club by quite some distance. I've been a regular fixture at the Emirates ever since it opened back in July 2006, but no matter how many times I walk underneath the Hornsey Road rail bridge, up the stairs towards the ground and make my way to my seat in block 6, the feeling of excitement, the buzz and my enthusiasm remain unchanged. Over the years I've had the pleasure of watching Thierry Henry, Dennis Bergkamp, Tony Adams and many more. My love affair and bond with this magnificent club continues to grow stronger and I wouldn't change it for the world. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Harry Simiou, a published author, broadcaster and freelance football writer, but above all, I'm a Aguna. Back in January 2018, I decided to put my experience to good use and created the Chronicles of Aguna podcast. Since the show's launch, I've had the pleasure of interviewing Ray Parler, Kevin Campbell, Frank McClintock, Tom Watt. Robbie Lyle and Sky Sports commentator Martin Tyler I've written a book titled The Chronicles of Aguna 2017-18 telling the story of Arsenal's final season in charge had it published and collaborated with some of the finest Arsenal podcasts out there none of this would have been possible without your fantastic support and I'm truly humbled but we're not stopping there we're stepping things up a notch this season we're bringing you more shows more special guests more collaborations more youtube videos a brand spanking new website and lots of bonus content with our audience continuously growing the demand for insightful informative and up-to-date stuff is higher than ever and so we'll be bringing a producer on board recording our weekly show in a professional studio and that is why we need your support The show will always be free and we intend to keep it that way. But if you like what you hear, you can become a patron for just $5 a month. Support us with our costs and in our goal to produce content of the highest quality. Gain early access to our interviews and bonus content. Have your questions prioritized. And once you've been on board for three months, you'll receive a free gift to show our appreciation. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Acast, TuneIn and over at FNX. Subscribe, leave us a review and spread the word. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna I'm your host Harry Simeon and this is episode 23 On this week's show we'll be talking about the victory over West Ham Mesut Ozil, Hector Bellerin, Granit Xhaka and answering your questions Joining me later on in the show is sports informative Chris Davison. He returns after his holidays. So we'll be catching up with Chris and getting his thoughts on the subjects in question. So Unai Emery's first competitive victory as Arsenal manager. Massive, massive three points for us. But I would say, you know... For those of you especially who haven't seen the game, don't be fooled by the scoreline. Particularly in the first half, I thought West Ham created the better chances, carved us open with ease and should have scored, I'd say, at least three times. Um, Snodgrass missed an absolute sitter right on half-time. Had Antonio looked up when he was put through and squared the ball to Arnautovic, he would have been rolling the ball into an empty net. And and our defence just looked all over the place. We looked at sixes and sevens for the most part of that first half. I thought Manuel Pellegrini played it very smart in that first half. He sort of said to uh, Anderson, Felipe Anderson, the new signing, you know, he wasn't getting much joy in the centre. He kind of instructed him to pull out to the West Ham left-hand side, our right-hand side, where Hector Bellerin was constantly bombing forward. And and he ended up exposing that space. That was where a lot of West Ham's dangerous attacks came from. Um, and that was as a result of an overload. Him and Antonio out on that side, we're having a field day, because let's face it, Hector Bellerin was was attacking, perhaps a little bit too much at times, but it's hard to criticise him when he got two assists. Yes, he bombed forward perhaps a little bit too often, but it's clear, in my personal opinion anyway, that that was the instruction he was given by Unai Emery. And the way you can tell is the fact that Henrik Mikitarian would just naturally tuck inside and was always aware of Bellerin coming on the overlap. So it seems to me as though Unai Emery has asked Hector Bellerin to do that. He's asked him to get up in support of the attacks. He's recognised that we don't have much width um, in terms of our front players. And he's asked Hector Bellerin to do that. You know, Nacho Monreal probably balances it a little bit better on the other side. But it seems to me as though Hector Bellerin has sort of uh, free run to do what he wants on that right-hand side. And, and I guess Emery's going to try, obviously not very successfully up to now, but try and plug that gap in another way, albeit via the, the defensive midfielder, whether that's Xhaka, Gwenduzi, Torreira, not quite sure. But going back to that point, it seems to me like Hector Bellerin has been asked to bomb forward. He's been asked to provide Arsenal with some natural width on that right-hand side. And he got two assists. I know I've already said that, but those two assists are significant because we we scored three goals on Saturday and two of them came as a result of Hector Bellerin doing exactly that. The Spaniard enjoys getting forward. He obviously feels more comfortable doing that than defending. And so there's an argument that maybe Hector Bellerin could play on the wing. Well, that's something I've seen branded about on, on Twitter the last few days and I completely Disagree with that. Um, and, and the reason I'd say that is because, you know, as a winger, you're constantly marked. You're you're constantly the danger man that your opponent is looking out for. As a fullback, you're always arriving from deep, late, undetected. And unless the winger is going to follow you all the way back, which very rarely happens, you're going to find yourself in acres of space. The fullback is essentially that extra player, the overload, as we call it. And playing as a winger, you don't have that luxury. Therefore, you require a different skill set, a skill set that I don't believe Hector Bayerin has. As a winger, again, you'll likely be man-marked. So things are a lot more difficult. It's a completely different position. And I think it's not easy, as easy as saying just make him a winger. It almost feels as though... He's a wing back trapped in a 4-4-2 system, if that makes sense. He's obviously eager to get forward. He's been instructed to get forward, but there doesn't seem to be sufficient cover behind him. And that always makes him look a lot worse than he actually is. Has he regressed in the past two seasons? Probably yes. You have to say that. I think his performances, particularly last season, were very, very poor. Um, And that's disappointing because when he first broke through, you know, He was on everybody's radar. This was Hector Bellerin, the the brilliant young fullback that even Barcelona was sniffing around, you know, his hometown club. So it's disappointing to see the regression. There has been one, no doubt about that in my mind. However... He's got a new coach now. He's obviously doing what the coach is asking him to do. Otherwise, he'd have been replaced by now. Um, Stefan Lichsteiner is there and waiting and ready. But obviously, Emery feels that Bellerin gives the team something that Lichsteiner can't. And so if you're saying that you're going to trust the manager and you've got to give him time, then you need to give him time to uh, get Hector Bellerin right as well and, and the way he applies him. Just lastly on that, before we move on, you know, I think the final point, the overriding point on this is that, yes, he can improve defensively. Yes, he's left us exposed at times. Yes, he's not anywhere near the level he was maybe two seasons ago. But the fact is that Hector Bellerin was crucial to breaking West Ham down the other day. And that shouldn't be forgotten. That is very, very important. He was one of our most important players at the weekend. And so all I'm saying is give him a break. Let's see, you know, three, four weeks, five weeks down the line, we may see that he hasn't improved. And in that case, you've got every right to get on his back. But at this point in time, everybody's learning the new system. Everybody's trying to understand the new way of playing. And so we have to be patient with Bellerin just as much as we're being patient with the manager. Another player who has divided opinion of late is a certain Granit Xhaka. Now, I thought Granit Xhaka was probably our best player on Saturday. I thought he dictated the game from the center of the park, uh, spreading passes all over the pitch, you know, long, short cross field. And I-, I thought he was brilliant. I thought he made us tick. I thought he was better than Matteo Guendouzi, and hence why Guendouzi was the one that eventually made way for Torreira. So nice to see a decent performance from Granit Xhaka. Hopefully people get off his back as well um, and, and let him sort of grow into the season. He's traditionally a player who starts the season slowly and gets better as it goes on. So I'm hopeful that he can form a very strong partnership in the middle there with with one of the the aforementioned players. Only time will tell who that will be. I would think in the long run, it would probably be Lucas Torreira with Aaron Ramsey's future still up in the air. And, and besides that, I think Unai Emery sees Aaron Ramsey's future a little further forward anyway. I want to talk a little bit about uh, Sogradis, Socrates, as he's known. Um, I think he's looked okay in the centre of our defence. I think he's looked pretty solid. I can't think of many times he was done for skill or anything like that. He he does lack a bit of pace. There's no doubt about that. I think everybody can see that, but he has performed up to now. In my view, I think Mustafi's looked better as a result of having him next to him. Um, I noticed on Saturday in particular, being at the game, that he was instructing his defence when and where and how much to push forward um, when sort of we'd win the ball back. So he's obviously a leader. He's obviously quite vocal out there. Um, Of course, he has his limitations. We all know that. I've spoken about those before on this podcast, so I'm not going to repeat myself, but... I just wanted to, to make the point that I think he started the season pretty well and, and I'm expecting more from him in the coming weeks. Uh, hopefully him and Mustafi can form a strong partnership because it looks like Lauren Koscielny won't be back for another couple of months at least. Um, but yeah, positive signs from Socrates. took a very decent yellow card for us as well in the second half where he sort of committed a foul and got in the way he just... It was one of those fouls you like to see your players making just to prevent your opponent getting any sort of momentum and just to interrupt their flow when it really matters. Now, moving on to the biggest story of the week. It was reported just hours before Saturday's game that Mesut Ozil had stormed off the training ground the day before and as a result was dropped from the side. The official reason given was that he was, again, ill, um, sick, whatever you want to call it. Now, this is a difficult one to deal with because I think as fans, we're very culpable to going into some sort of frenzy and, and getting angry and upset about a situation. But the, the actual fact is we don't know what's going on there. I personally don't think that Mesut Ozil has kicked off on the training ground and stormed off. I personally think it's a load of rubbish and until there is some evidence of that or, or whatever... I don't think we should be jumping on that bandwagon. I think we should see what happens. I think Mesut Ozil clearly has issues with illness. Um, You know, Arsene Wenger made some comments back last season talking about his lack of an immune system or his poor immune system, I should say. And that, the player was suffering as a result of that. So perhaps he is genuinely ill. We will never really know, I guess, but I just think it's a bit unfair to jump on his back when we don't actually know for sure. We're just speculating um, just like anybody else. Now, There are other stories going around that perhaps Mesut Ozil is suffering from a bit of depression, a bit of anxiety. If that's the case, then, you know, the club need to support him in any way they can. And we as fans should support him. It's something that affects lots of people. Uh, It's a condition that people perhaps don't talk about as much as they should. But if, if that is indeed the case, Mesut Ozil needs us. Mesut Ozil needs the Arsenal fans to support him and and get him back on the pitch doing what he does best and that's playing football, creating goals. I feel like some of the Arsenal fans are on a bit of a witch hunt when it comes to Mesa Ozil and everything he does is under such intense scrutiny. People seem to just be waiting for him to slip up. Look, there's a good chance that he was genuinely ill. You know, the weather's changed in the last week or so here in London. We've gone from sun and and uh, heat to a bit, be it being a little bit chilly, uh, rain falling with regularity. So I'm conscious of of getting a bit carried away with this one. I, I don't want to go on about this. I, I don't think it's a big deal. I think Mesut Ozil could genuinely be sick. And if that's the case, then there's no story here. It just seems a far too uh, convenient story for the press to be writing. And, and of course, I've spoken about their agenda against certain people before. So, Let's let's hold fire on that one and and see what actually happens. You know, we've got Cardiff next week and who knows? Mesut Ozil may be back or he may still be ill again. We'll have to just wait and see. We're going to take a short break now. And when we return, we'll be talking to Chris Davison and getting his thoughts on the subjects we've discussed. The Chronicles of Aguna 2017-18 is now on sale. The Chronicles of Aguna tells the story of Arson's final season through a supporter's eyes, attempts to shed light on some of the season's major talking points, and features exclusive interviews with Ray Parlour, Kevin Campbell, Tom Watt, and Robbie Lyle. Available to order now from Amazon, Waterstones, and all major bookstores, The Chronicles of Aguna 2017-18. Order your copy now by clicking the link in the description. Welcome back. Now, earlier on in the day, I called up with Chris Davison to discuss the subjects we've been talking about on this week's show. Here's how it went. Chris, welcome back to the show, mate. How are you and how was your holiday?
1: Yes. um, Hi, Ari. Good to be back on the podcast. I'm very well, thanks. And uh, yeah, holiday was good. Nice to get away for a little while.
0: That's it. Have a little break from the uh, hustle and bustle of social media. I noticed you uh, weren't on there as much, which is always nice, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's always nice to have a little break and, uh, you know, sort of spend time with the family and that. So, yeah, it was good.
0: That's right. That's right. Now, Chris, what did you make of the the performance against West Ham? 3-1 win Unai Emery's first victory um, as Arsenal manager, first competitive victory, I should say. What did you make of the overall performance?
1: Um, yeah, it was, it was a game of a few ups and downs, weren't it? A bit of a roller coaster, as always, with Arsenal. Um, we didn't really know which way it was going to go. Um, I think, um, you know, defensively, we were very shaky again, um, all over the place at times. Um, and, um, you know, obviously, uh, Arnaldovic scored for West Ham. Um you know, we just we let them play too much, let them have a lot of space going, you know, in West Ham's attack. Um we let them play and um, you know, um it paid off for them and uh you know, unfortunately we conceded. Um so that was a little bit of a a kick for us. Um but um we got back into the game, obviously Nacho Monreal equalizing, um good finish. Um and then that sort of gave the, the team a bit more confidence going into the Going into the last stages of the game, um, I think we, we sort of improved second half. Um, I think um, Emory would have said that the first half wasn't good enough and, um, with, you know, obviously we had a few chances in the first half as well. So we would, would have been disappointed. We didn't take them. Um, but yeah, second half, we were a little bit better going forward and defensively still, we obviously still let West Ham have a few chances. They could have easily had one or two more, um, but overall, you know, like Emery said after the game there's still a lot of things that need to be improved and that's what they'll work on in training. Um, But, um, you know, happy to get the three points.
0: Yep, completely agree. What have you made of Socrates' start to his Arsenal career?
1: Um, I think he's actually been all right. You know, I think um, pre-season he looked a little bit shaky. He was just getting obviously used to the team and the style of play, I I guess. And, um, you know, I guess it's not easy. You know, when you're an experienced defender, um, you know, been playing at the top European club for several years, you do expect big things from them. Um, and I think, uh, there was one or two, you know, eyebrows, eyebrows raised when, when Socrates came in, people sort of questioned if he was, the, you know, the right defender to bring in. Um, and it's never going to be easy when you're coming into a, an, an Arsenal team has struggled. Um, and obviously, especially the defense. So a lot of responsibility, um, fallen on Socrates to, uh, and, and try and improve this defense. So I think he's done all right. You know, there has been one or two times where he's looked a little bit shaky, but I thought against West Ham, he, you know, he was solid. I think, um, uh, you know, he doesn't. He's not afraid to get involved. He puts his body on the line, gets stuck right in, and um, is a very physical presence in that back line. And that's what you know. You sort of need that in the Premier League, and he doesn't seem phased by it at all. So. You know, I think um, obviously he'll continue to improve as well as the season goes on and um, obviously wants to start Emery's style of play. You know, he, he gets that implemented into the team. So I think, um, you know, so far so good. And um, I think we can obviously expect to see improvements all over the pitch, pitch in the coming coming weeks and months.
0: Yeah, completely agree. And, and I agree with you where you say that he's not afraid to get stuck in. That's one thing you can never say about Socrates. He's always willing to get involved in the physical battle. And that's something we've lacked in recent years. Now, this gives me a perfect opportunity to move on to one of our listener questions because it's relevant. Um, and this one actually comes from former Arsenal striker Kevin Campbell. He he says, plenty of people are harping on about the defence but do you think Socrates and Mustafi are protected enough by the fullbacks and or the midfielders, Chris? What's your take on that?
1: Um, I saw a tweet um, um, put on uh, the other day by um, by an Arsenal fan, and he said, when you look at the difference between Monreal and Bellerin, is that Monreal knows how to attack and defend. Bellerin is very attack minded and he does struggle in, in defense we you know we've we've all seen that um and for me it's about getting that right balance balance for Bellerin um obviously Mon- Monreal, you know emery will want the, his style to to come into this team and make sure that they've got the right shape and the right balance of attack and defense because Monreal and Bellerin are two you know attacking fullbacks if you like and obviously we see Monreal score a lot of goals for us and Bellerin going down that that right side putting crosses in all the time using his speed Um, So I think, you know, Mustafi and Sokratis will will struggle with that at times. You know, it is about finding that right balance between attack and defence. And uh, obviously, if Emery and um, his coaching staff can, you know, help out in that department, I'm sure they will. If they can, you know, get Bellerin and and Monreal, you know, having that right balance during the 90 minutes, I think that will obviously help Mustafi and Sokratis a lot. And um, obviously, you know, I've always said I want to, to see Torreira starting soon as well in that sort of defensive midfield role. And I think he can provide that defensive cover as we saw on Sunday, um, Saturday, actually, sorry, when Torreira came on, uh, when Bellerin or Monreal, especially Bellerin really, wasn't up, up the pitch to, uh, in defence, but Torreira was there putting in the tackles and intercepting. So I think he can play a very important, you know, role in that sort of area as well.
0: Yep. Yeah, fair enough. And and I agree in the sense that I think Kevin's right where he says, you know, the defence don't get the protection they deserve. I think that's been a problem at Arsenal for a long, long time. It's not a recent thing. I think our central defenders have always been made to look worse than they actually are purely because they don't get the protection. And that's from the fullbacks and from the central midfield. So be interesting to see how Emery deals with that. Like you said, uh, perhaps Torreira can sort of plug that hole for us. But, you know, it's early days with Torreira. We haven't seen much of him in an Arsenal shirt yet. So I'm just a bit cautious um, in in saying and thinking that he could be the answer to all our problems. Now, you have mentioned Hector Mm. Bellerin already, Chris. Um, He got a lot of criticism again after Saturday's game. My view on it is that, you know, he's been asked by Unai Emery to provide us with the width on the right-hand side. He's been asked to go forward and in the manager's eyes he's doing what he's told because if he hadn't been surely by now Lichsteiner would have come into the team instead what have you made of the criticism he's received and do you think it's fair?
1: Um, the thing is with Hector Beller he you know there's been a lot of questions asked of him you know for the last you know couple of seasons now um, and his performances and his his defense his, you know his defending um, and again you know like you mentioned you know it does seem as if Unai Emery's you know, told Bellerin to be that attacking sort of wing back or right back, um, if you like. And, you know, I think like we talked about a few moments ago. Um, if I think if you can find the right balance between attack and defence, you know, whether it's Emery's idea or not of how, how he wants Bellerin to play, I think, you know, he can become, you know, a better player. You know, we, a few seasons ago when Bellerin started playing for Arsenal, Harry, you know, we were talking about a, a very, very promising young player and probably one of the best right backs in the league because um, he was, you know, every week he was putting in some solid performances and um, he made a real difference and i still think bellerin has got so much potential i think he can be a very very good player if he can find if he can find you know that balance between attack and defending you know because i think you know very going forward he's obviously got a lot of speed he's got a lot of he's got a lot of pace and he can cause you know defenders prob- problems and um you know obviously there's been a few questions asked about his, his crossing as well he's not very good at crossing but you know obviously two assists at the weekend and um, that'll hopefully give him a little bit of confidence. I mean, it's like with the whole setup of the team it's still very early days and there's there's not even just bellerin, but other other players will be you know wanting to to play in the way Emory wants them to be. and that's not going to come off straight away. There's a lot of um learning and a lot of uh, work to do on the train and train and pitch. And I think you know it'll be it will be interesting to see how Bellerin sort of gets on in the last stage of the season and if you know Emery's ideas, Come, you know show show on the picture a little bit more clearer um, and I, but I, you know I, one of the players you know have questions have been asked about Xhaka or Awobi um, and obviously Bellerin you know what what do people see in these players you know how can they get back to playing for it you know their best especially bellerin and I think Bellerin's just got so much potential um, and I, I he's one of the players you know I really hope to see playing back to his best because I, I can think he can be a, a very good player for us
0: yep that I don't disagree there. Um, Chris, another question that we've had in, as you mentioned it, um, is from Worku TJ on Twitter at W Jeba, And he says, what do you think the manager sees in Jacka, Bellerin and check that we don't see?
1: Well, for me, it's clear with Bellerin. I think he's got a lot of potential and I think he, if, you know, I think he can hopefully try and get, you know, Henry can try and get him back to his best. um, you know it, it, we've we've just been talking about you know obviously the the balance that he, he needs to provide i think if he can get the, the his defensive duties you know right again i think you know he'll be a top player again and you know hopefully the two assists at the weekend will give him a little bit of confidence um with Xhaka, a player that i've been a little bit of you know critical of um in recent times. I think, um, I think he's done all right actually to be fair on Saturday um, to be fair to him. He'd done all right. And, um, but I think, you know, he's got to try and um, be a little bit more consistent. You know, people have talked about, you know, his position, his position in, in midfield. Um, you know, people said that he's not a defensive midfielder, which I don't think he is. I think he could be a bit more of an attacking central midfielder. I think that could suit him a little bit better. You know, he picks up fantastic passes from time to time. Obviously he has a great eye for goal as well. Um, so, you um, you know, hopefully he'll be able to kick on um, soon because I've been a little bit disappointed with some of his performances. But, um, hopefully um, under Unai Emery, um, he can start doing a little bit better and uh, be more consistent with Petr Cech. I think um, Emery's just stuck with him because I think he's had a, a very good preseason to be fair. Um, he surprised a few of us um, and uh, obviously and he's probably for, for us the, the best thing to do with with checking good form and stick with him obviously with his experience as well. Um, I mean, uh, to be fair, I, I, personally, I'd like to see Lane, you know, Berndeleno start um, next week. I think he can be a, a good player, um, and I think personally, he w- might do a better job than Petacek. You know, I think Petacek's a good option uh, as number two, um, and and obviously to use him as you know his leadership skills. Um, did you did you mention awobi there as well harry
0: uh it's not in the question but go for it
1: oh okay um i'll go for awobi as well then because i think obviously he's a player that's come under a little bit of criticism as well i've been impressed with him actually so far this season um and um you know again a player that is disappointed me a little bit with his consistency and I personally you know looking at watching him last season I think he needed a loan in my opinion I think he could go out there and, and you know get some experience get some more first team football and um, improve as a player but to be fair Iwobi's put his trust in him obviously a new contract before the season as well um, and um, he's done all right so hopefully um, that that continues.
0: Yeah, and and I agree with you in the the Bellerin thing. I think he's got plenty to offer if the manager can get the best out of him. Granite Shaka for me gives you a physical presence. He gives you a range of passing. You know, short, long, cross field, mm. whatever whatever he wants to do, basically. Um, and I think Granite Shaka is is quite unfairly criticised. Another one for me, who is sort of being picked on by certain sections of our support. Pedacek for me has made some wonderful saves at the start of this season. Like you said, he had a fantastic preseason. And I just feel as though the the issues that we're seeing in terms of the playing from the back, these are things that are an associated risk with the way that that Unai Emery wants us to play. So I'm not convinced that Leno will come in and do any better in that sense. So for now, until Czech does something majorly wrong, I think he he should stay in the team. That's just my view on it. Um, Moving on to another situation that has had plenty of press over this weekend. Mesut Ozil wasn't in the squad. We were told that he was ill. Reports emerged that there'd been a falling out between him and Unai Emery and it stormed off the training ground to your knowledge is that true do you believe it what do you think is really going on there
1: well it was a little bit of a surprise obviously come Saturday um, these r- reports started coming out sort of a few hours a couple of hours before the game started um, which was surprising because um, obviously we hadn't heard anything um, about this um, argument in the training ground beforehand Um there was obviously the, with those reports came the other reports suggesting Ozil was ill um, which which are far more believable for me Harry to be honest with you, you know when you, you see um, Ozil's obviously had several occasions where he's not played because of illness um, I th- I remember reading something on Twitter as well that it, um, um had some sort of um, immune system problem as well which could be the reason why you know he, he has been off ill several times I don't know if that's true or not I just remember reading it the other day um, I just, I can't see it as all being like that, to be fair. I think um, I, it's been a, a really positive um, and happy uh, Arsenal camp pre-season. Obviously, d- even now it still is, you know, b- you know, bearing in mind the first two results didn't go away. But I think everyone realizes that, um, you know, it's a massive change at the club and everything is going to take time. Um, I just can't see us all kicking off at the new manager like that, to be fair. Um But, you know, whether anything did happen or not, you know, I'm sure it will come out. But obviously Emery said after the game that that's not sure at all. And um, he said, you can even ask the club doctor that, you know, Ozil's ill. So I think, um, you know, I'm surprised Ozil didn't come out himself on social media and just, you know, put put an end to it all. But, um, you know, whatever happened, you know, I'm sure um, everything's all right now. And, you know, both manager and the player will be looking to kick on um,
0: in the next game. Yeah, and we'll take that rumor with a pinch of salt, won't we? Um, Chris, yep. thank you very much for joining me once again. Do you want to tell our listeners how they can follow you on Twitter?
1: Yeah, cheers, Harry. Always a pleasure to be on the podcast. Um, everyone can follow me on Twitter. Um, my uh, name or username is at C Davison underscore AFC.
0: Brilliant, and you'll want to follow Chris because he gives you all the updates as soon as they come out. It's brilliant. Great. Uh, I've actually got my notifications turned on uh, just in case I miss a (laughs) trick. I know Chris will be there to provide the, uh, the update. Chris, thank you once again and we'll be speaking to you again very, very soon. Cheers, Harry. That was Chris Davison. We're going to take another short break and when we return, we'll be answering your questions. Stay tuned. Enjoying what you've heard so far? If so, make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave us a review on iTunes. Welcome back to the final part of the show. This is the part where we answer some of your questions. Uh, I want to thank those of you who sent them in via Twitter. Thank you to a friend of the show, Kevin Campbell, for his question as well. We already touched on that one with Chris. First question I'm going to talk about comes from Much Arsenal. You can follow him on Twitter at Much Arsenal, M-U-T-C-H. Arsenal, I'm sure you'll know how to spell that. And his question is, do you think Emery has inherited an unbalanced squad? And if that's the case, how do we find the balance within this team? I think it's safe to say that he has inherited an unbalanced squad. I think we're a little top heavy in terms of... Of what we've got. We've got plenty of attacking talent. But not so much defensive solidarity. So it was definitely unbalanced when Emery came in. I think he's done a little bit to try and improve that. But I still still think we're a way away from being able to call this a balanced group of players. So uh, in answer to your question, I think he has inherited an unbalanced squad. The next question comes from Mazaruni on Twitter. At Mazzaruni. He asks, do you think that Emery is starting to find another level out of Bellerin? I think Bellerin is more effective in an attacking sense than he probably was last season. So from that perspective, I'd say yes. I think there's still work to do on the defensive side of his game, as I've already talked about. But in terms of him getting forward and providing us with that natural width that we're so obviously lacking, then yeah, I think Emery's got got another level out of him and hopefully the best is still to come. Next question comes from the Ozil on Twitter at Aaron F-T-I-T-U-S, F-Titus, Aaron F-Titus, I think that is. Um, great to get the three points, but did the win against West Ham create more questions than answers in regards to our first 11? I think there's always been questions about our first 11 in certain areas. I think those areas are obviously the right-back position. A lot of people would prefer to see Stefan Lichsteiner in there as opposed to Hector Bellerin. So that I guess that one's open for debate. The centre midfield is the real one for me, though. You've got Ramsey who can play there. You've got Torreira. You've got Xhaka. You've got Goendouzi. You've got Elneny. You've got Ainsley Maitland-Niles when he comes back to fitness. So that's where... There are real questions uh, in terms of the selection. Then you've got the front free. You know, does Iwobi play? Does Mikitarian play? Do you play a and Lacazette or just one or the other? There's lots of questions to be answered. I, I don't think that Saturday's game added to that. I think that's that's a problem that's that's been there for for Emery right from the day he took over. So I think it's going to take him some time to work out what he feels is the best eleven and you know, and and understand people's strengths and weaknesses. And hopefully he'll adapt depending on our opponent. I thought the inclusion of Iwobi at Chelsea was a smart move. But perhaps when you're playing at home against the likes of West Ham, you you could get away with Lacazette and Aubameyang. I don't know. Um, But that's a very interesting question. So thank you. Final question we're going to discuss comes from at TV uh, another great YouTube channel. Check him out. Uh, do we not give the club enough credit in terms of contract negotiations? We don't know what the current situation is, Re Ramsey, and so it's wrong to just blame the club. I think that's right. I think that's fair. I think we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. We don't know at what stage the negotiations are. We can only speculate, and therefore, you know, You're right, I guess we shouldn't give the club too much stick in regards to this. Where you can criticize them is for allowing it to get down to the final year. But, you know, maybe they knew Arsene Wenger was leaving. Maybe they were unsure as to whether a new manager would want to work with Aaron Ramsey and therefore their reluctance to sign him up on a longer term deal. He's obviously got high demands at the moment. And at this point in time, I'm assuming the club just aren't willing to meet those because otherwise the deal would have been done. That brings us to the end of episode 23. Thank you once again for listening. Just before we sign out, I want to announce the winner of our competition a couple of weeks ago. Uh, The winner is Nigel Plum. That's at Nigel Plum on Twitter. Thank you very much for your entry. And if you could uh, DM me on Twitter at Chronicles underscore AFC, we'll get your copy of the book sent out in the post. So that's Nigel Plum. Thanks very much once again. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review on iTunes. You can also find us on SoundCloud, FNX and Acast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel too. There's plenty of content going up on there these days as well. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at Chronicles underscore AFC. And I'm at Harry Simeou, S-Y-M-E-O-U. Until next week, or no, I shouldn't say that really. Until Thursday when our uh, Cardiff City preview goes up. Uh, you'll have to do without us for just a few days.